Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny without Danny. His vacation continues. Your boy is solo until 6.30 this evening. I got Dara Stammerman and Ryan Clary on the production today. It's December 28th, 2022. Big show planned for you. Beltway Blitz coming up at 4. We'll blitz the NFC East today. And we got two winners to talk about. The Caps and the Wiz from last night. Little DC double dip. All coming up on G&D, of course. We also now know that Carson Wentz, not Taylor Heineke, will start at quarterback against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. And I got to say, who didn't see that one coming? I appreciate that Ron Rivera made it seem like a really tough decision. And I like that Ron Rivera slow played this thing for about 72 hours since the game. But this was the most obvious, predictable outcome of the season. Rivera has been itching and wanting to play Wentz since he was able to when Wentz was back from injury and active for the first time against the Giants, as evidenced by the quick hook of Heineke in a game where he had played really well for two and a half quarters Against San Francisco, they weren't going back to Heineke. They were always going to start Wentz as soon as they could. And here we are. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Quickly, though, I did want to look back at last night, the Caps and the Wiz out of the shoot here. How hot are the Washington Capitals, fellas, ladies? Huh? What do we think? They beat the Red Hot Rangers on the road 4 to nothing last night. New York had gone into that game having won eight of their last nine. And now the Caps have won six straight games on the road, tying a franchise record, originally set back in 84, equaled one other time in 2011. This is the third time in the history of the team they've won six straight games away from home. If they can win another road game in a row here, it'll be the longest streak in team history. Forgetting home road splits, they have won five straight overall and 10 of their last 11. The Caps have completely turned their season around. They started the year by winning two of their first 10 on the road. Now they can't lose away from Capital One Arena. Last night against the Rangers, Darcy Kemper was magnificent. When's the last time you felt this good about the Caps goalie situation? When they play Charlie Lindgren, he's great. When they play Darcy Kemper, he plays really well. Kemper, 32 saves in a shutout against the Rangers last night as the Capitals we're able to leapfrog them in the standings. Washington now 13-3-1 and in its last 17 games. That means 17 games, a possible 34 points that they've been able to garner now over the last month or so. They scooped up 27 out of the 34. That's how you climb the Metro standings, friends. Last night, the first goal of the game came on a 5-on-3. 
They drew penalties. Dylan Strom and Alex Ovechkin sending Rangers to the box with effort, manipulating tempo last evening. And then it was Marcus Johansson on a rebound of Evgeny Kuznetsov's shot that got the Caps the first of their four goals. Cross ice here. Gustafson from the left side. Ovechkin is the man at the top. And he'll move along the left-hand side and yield to Kuznetsov. Kuzi coming left side. Now to pass into the right dot for Gustafson. Into the middle for Kuznetsov. Fought off, and they score! Marcus Johansson able to get it last along the left post. Tips it in. It's one nothing. Washington! I hear you, John Walton, who was on the call right here on 106.7 The Fan last night. Eric Gustafson, Lars Eller, Connor Sherry had goals. That's four for Washington. Rangers still looking for their first since that game started. The Caps now just two points back of second place in the Metro. A great win. But they weren't alone last night. The Wizards have won three out of four since they went weeks unable to win a game. One of the most embarrassing stretches in recent team history, a lot of you guys, you know who you are. You don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to admit this. this is, I'm not shaming you, but you've given up on the team. I know you have. They've won three out of four. I was talking to a buddy last night, and uh, looking at the, the line before the game, I saw Philly minus five, and I said, well, that seems just too low. The, the Wizards should be getting more than five points. Joel Embiid's going to hang 50 on them. He almost did. 48 points and 10 rebounds for Joel Embiid last night. 48 and 10 at Capital One Arena. But it wasn't enough because the good guys won the game. They led by 16 early in the third quarter. They played a complete game. They really did. And you can't tell me it was a bad team they're playing or that the Sixers you know, just don't have things going for them right now. Philly had won eight in a row, was looking for a ninth straight win. This was a quality victory for the Wizards. They needed to survive a Brad Beal injury. He left with 417 to play with a hamstring. Different hamstring than the one that kept him out for six games recently. He has just gotten back. And you could tell something wasn't right. He threw his headband, grabbed the back of his leg, walked off last night. But now it's the left hamstring, it sounds like. Here's the stat that I kept seeing yesterday that did annoy me, I will say. Everyone wanted to over-talk about how this was the first time the Wizards have had their entire roster available to them all year. And my response to that is, I don't care. And here's why. If you're telling me it's the first time you've had, like, you're starting five or, you know, seven key players or whatever, that's one thing. Do you know how rare it is that a team has its entire roster? Like, that doesn't really mean anything. Look around. How many teams in the NBA have had their entire roster all season? Probably zero. Between rest days and and maintenance and injuries, it's not a real thing. You know what happens is people miss games. Like, that is baked into the equation. You eat your brownie, baked into the brownie is some delicious uh, chocolate chips or something, possibly. Like, injuries do happen. So this idea that, well, this is the first time that it's it's been 72 and sunny and everyone that we wanted to play could, that's great. And, and if the team was this good, night in and night out with the perfect plan, that that's awesome. But the plan is not going to come to fruition. I will say that I love the starting lineup. I don't know if you guys saw this last night, but against these Sixers, they went really, really big. They had Gafford and Porzingis in the starting lineup. You you can't be bigger than that. And in the end, Washington scored 32 points in the first quarter, despite nine turnovers. I mean, Philly played terrible defense. And then the Sixers in the game went six for 31 from three, and the Wiz win. Kristaps Porzingis, 24 and 10. Kyle Kuzma, 14 and 8. 
Beal had 19 before leaving via injury. And Corey Kispert even had a four-point play while looking really good because he's a good-looking guy. Turns it over. Kuzma on the break. Kispert. Count it! And one. Corey Kispert going to the line for a four-point play. NBC Sports Washington. Chris Miller on the call last night. Wizards wins here in this four-game stretch over the Suns, Kings, Sixers. Good teams. All over 500. They have turned it around a little bit. Don't look now, but the Wizards surging some. So a good two-for-two two for D.C. Sports last night. Which brings us to today. Which brings us to Ron Rivera announcing that he was going back to Carson Wentz, the worst-kept secret in Washington, D.C. Rivera is going to start Wentz against the Browns, and if you were surprised by that, you were probably also stunned while sitting in the movie theater finding out that the Titanic was sinking. (gasps) No! Don't sink! This boat's going to go down? Yeah, it happened in 1911, bro. Read, Read the press clippings before you go to the theater. If you are shocked that Ron Rivera named Carson Wentz the starter today, you're also really surprised that Kanye West says stupid things every time he says his next stupid thing. Rivera has been looking to make this move since Wentz was healthy and active again against the Giants in the first of the the, the last couple here in these two losses at FedEx Field, the second Giants game. That was the first time Wentz was actually on the field, active as the backup quarterback. And I truly believe that Rivera was on the precipice of making a QB change in the third quarter before Heineke got it going with the 90-plus yard touchdown drive that Washington had when he hooked up with Terry McLaurin a couple of times. So Heineke staved off personal starting quarterback elimination, if you will. He, He fended off the Rivera to Wentz move for a week. Then came a much better opponent and a much better defense in San Francisco. And to Heineke's credit, I thought he played a great first half and a really good start of the third quarter for the most part. But in a three-play span, he turned the ball over two times, losing a fumble, throwing a pick, and that opened the door for Ron Rivera to do what he has been wanting to do all along. Go back to the guy he traded for. He had the choice after watching Heineke for an entire season last year to stick with Taylor Heineke on the cheap and to invest the $28 million they spent on Wentz and a bunch of other positions to elevate Taylor Heineke. And he chose not to do that. He chose to make a massive investment to upgrade from Heineke to Wentz. That was what he perceived to have been what he was doing, right? You knew he was going back to Wentz. This was always going to happen. The chances that Heineke was going to get the call against the Browns after we saw Wentz against San Francisco were slimmer than your boy on EMP 180. I got three reasons why this was so obvious and was always going to happen. Number one the price that they gave up for Carson Wentz. 
You can't spend what they did on a car and not drive it. You can't go to Costco and drop two grand on an awesome state-of-the-art TV and bring it home and just keep watching your nubby flat screen that you've got in the living room. That's not how purchases work. When you invest in something, you try to use it. They gave up more for Wentz than they should have. They gave up more for Wentz than anybody has given up for a quarterback other than Russell Wilson this offseason. And to then have him sit and watch as Taylor Heineke, who was already on the roster for essentially nothing monetarily, decide the fate of the team, playoffs or no playoffs, with Carson Wentz holding a clipboard and wearing an earpiece, that was just not going to happen. So the number one reason why Carson Wentz was named the starter today, regardless of what Rivera is going to tell you, in my opinion, the offseason decision to trade for Wentz and what you gave up dictates that you play him. If for no other reason than optics, that's number one. Number two, and for the Heineke folks that really, really like Taylor, and I admire and respect you, that's cool. I'm glad you have fun watching him play. I get it. Number two reason why you go to Wentz is that Heineke didn't play well enough to keep the job. Now, you'll hear that and you'll say, but is Carson Wentz better? But look at how Carson Wentz played. But look at the numbers. They're similar. Uh Uh-uh. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is Taylor Heineke had an opportunity to take the job from Carson Wentz, to pry it out of his hands and not relinquish it. And he did not take advantage of that opportunity. These two guys are not on equal footing. I'll go through all the numbers if you want me to and juxtapose Wentz versus Heineke. Where is Carson better? Where is Taylor better? We can play that game today if you want to. But I think what I hear sometimes when there is a breakdown of the two quarterbacks from people in the media, from fans alike, is this idea as if this is this perfect meritocracy where what Heineke costs and what Wentz costs is irrelevant, how Wentz got here versus Heineke acquired doesn't matter. And it I'll be honest with you, it matters the most. You don't have to like that, but it's just a reality. That's just business. That's just how this works. Heineke fell into your shopping cart when you were checking out, basically. And you go, oh, this is only $1.14. This looks fun. And you put it up on the, the little uh, conveyor belt to check out with. And you've played with that toy a bunch, and you like that toy. Once you went to the store to get, you had to get help getting it down off the shelf. You put it in the cart, and then you dropped a couple hundred bucks on it. But these guys are not on equal footing in terms of the evaluation. One making $26 million more than the other. For Heineke to have taken the job away from a healthy Wentz, he would have to be clearly better. You know how I view this and how I make this make sense is when a challenger is fighting a heavyweight championship uh, championship bout against a, a, a champ, the challenger has to definitively win the fight to win on a, a decision, right? I remember when um, Deontay Wilder the first time fought Tyson Fury. They ended up fighting three times, and Fury won the last two pretty convincingly. But the first time those two guys fought, at that time, Tyson Fury was the challenger and Deontay Wilder was the champion. 
And Wilder knocked Fury down multiple times in a really tight fight. And the decision ultimately went to Deontay Wilder to retain his belt. Okay? The reason I bring that up is a lot of people said, well, Fury should have won the fight. And my point was always, no, 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 no. When you're the challenger and you get knocked down a couple times and it's close and it's 50-50, like you don't take the strap off somebody. The champion is who you default to. When the offensive player goes up and the defensive player goes up and a wide receiver and a safety are fighting over a football and they both land with it, the tie goes to the person who already had the ball. When the, the ball gets to the base at the same time as the foot, the tie goes to the guy who's on offense, who's running down the baseline, not to the defense. And in this case, Heineke was not going to win a split decision, which is kind of what you have here whether it's 50-50 or 52-48 or you know, 54-46, it's too close to call. You defer to the guy that you paid all the money to. So whether you think Heineke's been a hair better or the same or a hair worse or whatever, it really doesn't matter. Unless he was decidedly better and was a clear and obvious upgrade, which unequivocally was not the case. Now you can point to the record if you want to, but that's not how grown-ups make decisions. Right? They evaluate things larger than just the outcome of the game. They watch the film. They go through every play. There's a check or an X on every single play. I did his job. It didn't do his job. Every single snap, every single throw. That's how they're evaluating, not did they win or did they lose. And it was a split decision. And the tie, so to speak, is going to go back to the guy who you brought in at a huge cost. So that's the number two reason why they're going back to Carson Wentz. Heineke just didn't do enough. He had to be head and shoulders better, and he wasn't. Not a crime. Number three, they need to see more of Wentz to decide his future. Because even if you don't think they should bring him back next year, or I don't, even if you don't think that they will bring him back next year, or I don't, I promise you they have not made that decision yet. And there is still a chance, because it'll make them look better, and the coach and the GM are the same person, by the way. Quick reminder, there is still a chance that they play Wentz in these two games, they win them both, and he plays pretty well, they make the playoffs, and having now upgraded their win count, gotten to the playoffs in a legitimate way for the first time in three years under Rivera, they're able to point to Wentz and say, we've got momentum going into the offseason, we think he could be the guy for us, he's got a better grasp of the offense, look how he finished in his last two and a half games, he'll be our starter in 2023. And that's if they lose in the first round of the playoffs. If they beat a team like Minnesota that's got a terrible defense that they should be able to move the ball on and could possibly knock off in the postseason, now it's the easiest case in the world for them to make that they're bringing back Carson Wentz if that's what they want to do. So those are my three reasons why Rivera made the decision today. The price they gave up for Wentz, Heineke not doing enough to unseat him, and the fact that they want to see more for beyond just this season. This was always going to happen. Rivera's made it really clear all along. If you just listened and, and to his words and you read between the lines a little bit. What I want to know from you guys, though, on the phones right now is, do you agree with this decision? Do you think it's the right move for Rivera? And if you're just turning on the radio for the first time today, the announcement has been made. Rivera has spoken to the media. He is going with Carson Wentz. And you're going to hear some of his rationale as we continue on Grant and Danny. But the phones are open right now. So let's fill them up at 800-636-1067. 800 
636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Did Rivera do the right thing by pulling Heineke and turning the team back over to Wentz for the stretch run? You're listening to The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, I think the biggest thing is he's he's more comfortable with what we're doing. That that was evident in, in the game, uh, in spite of the fact that you know they knew we were going to throw it. They they kept coming, and I thought he handled those situations very very well. You know, he got the ball out a couple times hot, um, got it out to where they needed to be thrown. Um, he threw some really nice balls. Uh, his decision making was very quick. So I, I again, I just think that now he's had a little bit more of an opportunity to 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 see the rest of the offense, feel the rest of the offense. And um, I think that's that's a that's a big part of it. The other part, I think, is you know he got a little bit of a reset. You know, he he missed several games. He had an opportunity to to heal up, to to you know to to look and feel better. And I, I think that's exactly where he is right now. Ron Rivera has made it official. Carson Wentz gets the call against Cleveland. I am trying my best not to do a Carson Wentz day bit. I just want you to know that. The effort is being made. If you hear me at some point say it's Wednesday, cringe a little bit and act like it didn't happen. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I don't do that today. You just heard Earl mention this in the update, though. Derek Carr is getting benched by the Raiders, which has been a couple weeks in the making there because the reporting out of Vegas is that they're probably moving on from Carr. They have a get-out-of-jail-free card at the end of this season. He would be available. You know any teams that might be looking for veteran starting quarterbacks that have had a lot of success that would be upgrades over Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz types? I was thinking about this last night, in fact. The list of available veterans this offseason could include Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, And then some less exciting or interesting names like Andy Dalton and Geno Smith, who's had a good year. But if Washington gets back in the quarterback pool, 
It's going to make for another pretty exciting offseason. I think the Giants probably tag Daniel Jones. My guess is Brady ends up in Vegas, which was supposedly in the works the last time he was available. If he doesn't stay in Tampa Bay, but anybody who thinks he's retiring is crazy. It seems to me like his wife, who's no longer his wife, wanted him to retire. He didn't want to retire. So now it's like he's single again. He's going to be at the bar all the time, except for him, the bar is playing football. But Derek Carr, very likely to be available. Jimmy G, very likely to be available. We can get to the offseason quarterback carousel a little bit later on, though. We got business to tend to this weekend. Carson Wentz is still trying to play for his future here in Washington. Heck, there's a chance they won't be in the market for any of those guys because they could pick up Wentz's. It's not even an option. They could just keep him on the team for next year. He could continue to be the starter here if he plays well. Do you agree with the Rivera decision to go with Wentz over Heineke? Running through some of the numbers before we get to the phones, 800-636-1067. PFF ranks Carson Wentz 31st of 37 qualified quarterbacks in terms of snaps this year, playing enough to be qualified. 31 out of 37. Heineke is 36 out of 37. Not exactly Jordan versus Magic. Dropbacks for Wentz and Heineke, only 10 separate the two of them. Wentz has dropped back to pass 282, Heineke 292 times. So it's actually a pretty good time to take inventory on the difference between the two. They've both completed about 62% of their passes, although adjusted completion percentage favors Wentz 75% to Heineke 71. The adjusted completion percentage basically just takes out the stuff the quarterback has nothing to do with, like drops. Meaning, if the receivers did their job, Wentz completes 75%, Heineke 71%. One of the craziest differences between the two of them this year, I don't know if you guys have heard this stat. I dug on this today. It's pretty good. This is actually stunning. Like, legit, when I look this up, I kind of, like, double-take and and then keep digging more into it. 8.2% of Carson Wentz's passes this year were dropped. 1.3% of Heineke's passes were dropped. That's a massive difference. I don't know what that says or why that is, but when Wentz was on the field early this season, the receivers were putting the ball on the ground a lot, and they haven't been since they went to Heineke. Maybe they're playing better, and that number for Wentz will come down. I'm sure someone might think, oh, they like Heineke more or something like that. I I don't necessarily buy that. They're purposefully slapping the ball to the ground because it's Wentz throwing it to them. Yeah, I'm probably not going to sign off on that. Heineke, much better yards per attempt, 7.2 to 6.5. Essentially the same touchdown and interception ratios and percentages. The PFF passer grade that they assign based on you know, the, the folks that they hire to study every single play and grade out every play is a massive difference. They've got Wentz, who's not graded well, with a 61 grade compared to Heineke at 48 which is, as I said, the second-worst grade of any quarterback this year, ahead of only Zach Wilson, who's been benched. Wentz has more big-time throws and way fewer turnover-worthy passes as well. That's a huge difference. Heineke has one of the highest turnover-worthy play percentages in football. Over 6% of all of his dropbacks end with a chance for the defense to get the ball, whereas Wentz's is half that. And then one thing I think that will shock people, and this is something 
you can uh, put in the text chain with your buddies that they'll be surprised by. What When we think Wentz versus Heineke, the, the big thing you hear is how much stronger Wentz's arm is. How about this, though? Wentz's average depth of target, meaning how many yards downfield he throws on intended passes to receivers, is 7.9 yards from the line of scrimmage on average. Heineke's is over 9 yards. Heineke... At a 1.3-yard clip, on average, throws the ball, pushes it downfield more than Wentz. I found that pretty staggering. The biggest difference between the two of them is that when Heineke is pressured, it becomes a sack less often. So track with me for one second here, okay? One of my favorite stats evaluating quarterbacks is called pressure to sack percentage. And what this means is, Of the plays where you are pressured, what percent of the time does that pressure turn into a sack? So think of it this way. You're the quarterback. Out of the number of times that someone is around you ready to tackle you, how often do you actually get sacked versus throw the ball away, live to fight another down, so to speak? Wentz turns pressures into sacks 24% of the time. Heineke, 16% of the time. Heineke, not surprisingly, way better at avoiding sacks when pressured. And that is a huge difference between the two. But the other kind of mind-blowing stat here, and the last one I'll give you about these two guys, I think that the perception anecdotally is that Wentz holds the ball really long. If you had to guess who holds the ball longer, most people would say, oh, it's definitely Carson Wentz. According to both PFF, and I double-checked with next-gen stats, Carson Wentz gets rid of the ball faster than Taylor Heineke does this season. Carson Wentz gets rid of the ball at a 2.58-second clip. Heineke, 2.90, much closer to three seconds. So, this year, ball's out faster with Wentz. The difference in terms of the sacks, though, Heineke, when pressured, is able to avoid the sack better than Carson Wentz. I think Rivera's doing the right thing. I want to see what Wentz is with this run-first philosophy that they didn't have when he played before. I think you can have some success in the deep passing game, in-play action, if they run the ball well, a la Indianapolis with Wentz last year. And I'm excited to see what this looks like. I also know what the ceiling is with Heineke, and it's not high enough to go on a deep run. It's a tightrope walking endeavor where you beat some bad teams. With Wentz, there might be a a slightly lower floor, possibly. I'm not sure that I agree, but that might be a thought you've got. I know that the ceiling is a little bit higher because he can throw the ball and do more passing the football. But let's see what you guys think. Do you agree with Rivera's decision? Let's go to Paul in Southern Maryland on Grant and Danny without Danny. How are you, Paul? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, thank you. All right. So my answer is an emphatic no. Um, and I, I love that, uh, that that your favorite stat there is the pressure-to-sack ratio because, um, you know, the fact that they, they, they used uh, the 49ers game as a catalyst to yank Heineke um, doesn't, doesn't bode well with me. It doesn't inspire confidence. Uh, you know, the, the Niners are the best defense in the league right now. They're being compared to the 2000 Ravens. Um, you know, easy to have a tough game there. Uh, however, we're putting in um, Wentz, who, as you stated in your pressure to sack ratio percentage, 
uh, is worse uh, in more times that that pressure is going to turn into a sack. Uh, we're we're into the the part of the the season now where if you make the playoffs, you know defense wins championships. And if it's if he's folding like a card table, is that really the guy that you want to have in? I don't think that it was the right call. I, I prefer Heineke, and if we're going to have to make a change, I would much rather see what Howe has to offer. I don't believe that Wentz should be part of this team next year. Well, if Wentz throws three picks and a loss to the Browns or something like that, you might get your Howe wish in Week 18 if they've been eliminated from playoff contention. A Washington loss, a Green Bay, and a Detroit win. Those three things happen, and they're eliminated. You know, They may just say, okay, this is not going to be able to be sold to our fan base. We can't move forward with Wentz into the offseason. Let's take a peek at Sam Howell. You might get that still. Appreciate the phone call. For the record, I don't even think Heineke did play poorly against San Francisco. He had a couple of plays he wants back before he got benched. What quarterback doesn't? I, I thought that was his best game, to be honest with you, before the last three snaps he saw the field on. I really did. I thought it was his best game of the season. He played way better against the Niners defense than I thought he was going to. But I think Rivera had already made his mind up that as soon as he had a chance to go to Wentz in that game, he was going to do it. And when you saw Wentz the first time against San Fran, you were going to be seeing him for the next couple of games, assuming they don't get eliminated this weekend, which probably won't happen. Got a couple lines open for you. Your segment is next, 800-636-1067. Rivera is going back. To Carson Wentz, do you agree with the decision? That is the question on GD. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, I think the biggest thing is he's he's more comfortable with what we're doing. That that was evident in, in the game, uh, in spite of the fact that you know they knew we were going to throw it. They they kept coming, and I thought he handled those situations very very well. You know, he got the ball out a couple times hot. Um, got it up to where they needed to be thrown. Um, he threw some really nice balls. Uh, his decision-making was very quick. So, I, I, again, I just think that now he's had a little bit more of an opportunity to, to, to see the rest of the offense, feel the rest of the offense. And um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a big 
part of it. The other part, I think, is, you know, he got a little bit of a reset. You know, he, he missed several games. He had an opportunity to, to heal up, to, to you know, to, to look and feel better. And I, I think that's exactly where he is right now. Ron Rivera on why he's going back to Carson Wentz. Grant and Danny without Danny, you're listening to the fan. What he didn't mention in his press conference, but what is an absolute reality is, yeah, we're paying him $28 million and we traded two third-round picks for him, okay? So uh, Heineke, you know, is a good story, right? But we gave this guy a lot of money, okay? Well, we need to pay him to play, not to watch Heineke play, okay? I mean, that, that's the number one reason. Uh, Rivera also said they're looking for a spark, said that the, the ability to make certain throws that they want made in the next couple of weeks are other reasons why Wentz is going to be on the field. And I'm getting your reaction to the QB change as the carousel spins here in D.C. one more time. Under center. Let's go to Bobby and Alexandria on the fan. What's up, Bobby? Hey, Grant. How are you, buddy? I'm great. Happy New Year, bud. Happy New Year to you, too. Okay, first thing I have to say is, like, he has to talk to the team. So that means to me that maybe they're not, like, all on board. Second thing is, and I thought about this before the San Francisco game, one does one thing well, the other one does another thing well. Why don't you platoon them? Why don't you get to the point where the defense is like, really? What's going on here? And if, you know what I mean, if there's no issues with the team, and they're both going to probably be back next year, I'm thinking that maybe he just, like, you know, puts them in and goes, this one does this well, this one does that well, and then the team's like, cool. They're like, okay, so he's not being benched. It's just one of those deals. I might be off the hook, but I'm, I'm thinking that's something people don't even think about. Thank you. The reason you don't see platooning quarterbacks or using two guys in this league almost ever is quarterbacks a rhythm position. You're trying to get a guy into the flow and into the rhythm of a game. And the more comfortable you are, the more in rhythm you are, the more effective you're going to be. So in college, when Florida's playing Valparaiso or whatever, you you can go leak to, to Tebow, leak to Tebow. It doesn't matter. You're just executing a play with better athletes, and you go out and you do that. In the league, it, it doesn't really function or work that way. I, I've seen the Texans the last few weeks try to do this. and It hasn't been terrible, but the difference is they have Davis Mills basically throwing the ball and whichever Driscoll, maybe Jeff Driscoll, running the ball. Wentz has actually scrambled more often, more frequently at a, at a percentage than Heineke this year. So it's not like you have a runner and a passer necessarily. So I don't know that that's on the table. And it is pretty standard to talk to your team anytime you're making a quarterback change. Now, if you're making a, a change of this caliber where everyone in the locker room is going to be asked about it and have to answer to it, and it's going to be the story of the week going into the game, you know, I, I don't know that there's ever been a, a quarterback change made where a coach didn't address the team first before going to the media publicly. Let's go to Mo and Largo on Grant and Danny. Hey, Mo. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. You bet, buddy. I think it's an appropriate move. Um, I think absolutely he was waiting for the opportunity to, if you listen to his words closely, um, but he had to back the man that he, you know, had the position at the time. So he couldn't come out and say, yeah, we're just waiting for the opportunity to get him back on the field. But from a business perspective, I get it. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you, I mean the guys let's, – let's rewind for a second. The comment of needing to talk to the team, I don't think it was necessarily, hey, guys, uh, do you think I should start Wentz or so forth? I think it was more so notifying the team of what he was going to do. Totally. 
I think that was I think that's what he meant by he needed to talk to the team. I don't think he was asking them for their permission. I think he was giving them the respect to notify them of what he was going to do before telling the press. Correct. Now, I, I do think with with veterans, you know, every team has like a council of leaders. Maybe it's just the captains. You're going to call them into your office and you're going to ask for some input from the locker room. You're going to say, hey, what would guys think? How would this go over? You're You're taking some feedback, but it's his decision. And it should be, by the way. He's the general manager and the president and the vice president and the, the leader of council and the leader of the chamber and the majority whip and the head coach. He's the whole deal. I think he probably did ask some questions, if for no other reason, to make the players feel like they had an opinion. In the same way you guys were asked what you wanted the team name to be. Remember all that? How'd that work out? Well, what was your team name? Was it Commanders? Because <laughs> they went with Commanders. They asked you. You had input in the process. Jason Wright told you that. Just like the players have input in this process. They were asked. They were involved. And then Rivera did what he was going to do all along, which was went with Carson Wentz. Maybe the players said that's what they wanted. Maybe they didn't. This was his call, his decision. You're notifying them. You're not asking them to agree to your terms. They got to go play football against Cleveland, whoever's at quarterback. Here's my big question for you guys next. Is Wentz actually better than Heineke? Like, how sure are we about that at this point? 800-636-1067. If we all agree that what you gave up for Wentz has a lot to do with him being the starter again, let's put that to the side. Are they upgrading minimally, substantially from a passing standpoint? How much better is Wentz? It's next on Grant and Danny. We got nicked out of the caps in a half hour right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 